pastor asked me to do this, I don't know, a while ago, but then early September, I think, he told me that today would be the day. So at that time, I kind of knew that this, is, this, this uh, topic of speak life is what I want to talk about. Well, you know, the last couple of weeks, he's been talking about Ecclesiastes, right? There's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. So this seemed to just kind of flow right into that. Like, when you speak, what are you going to speak, right? So I also uh, asked him to make sure that the day that I got to be the one up here in the hot seat um, would be the day that the kids were in the service. Because I'll be honest with you, that's, that's really my, more my area of comfort. <laughs> so kids, I need you today. Are you with me? Will you help me today? Okay. You're in. Justin's always ready, right? The rest of you, I'm going to need you to be prepared. That's true. You got, yeah, that's right, Gretchen. You got me there. Okay, so let's start this way. Kids or adults. Adults, you can participate too. And actually, please don't tune out because I think this is for all of us. It's certainly for me. Um, I want to know, what do you think is the most powerful muscle in your body? Your jaw muscles. I've heard that too. Yeah, they can crush a lot, can't they? Yeah. Who else? Who else thinks you're really strong? Come on, Ty. You're really strong? Well, you raised your hand. Oh, okay, tell me. Your legs? Okay. Who else has an idea? Your heart? That's a good one. Somebody think they're strong enough to come up here and demonstrate? Uh, how about push-ups? You've got to get ready for wrestling. I think Coach Trevor's going to have you doing some push-ups pretty soon. <laughs> no volunteers? Man, I thought you'd want to show off today. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got a lot of strong muscles in our body, right? Do you know that God's word says that one of the strongest muscles in our body is our tongue? Can you believe that? It doesn't seem like it would be very strong, right? It is, though. Check this out. Okay. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. You know, when we're talking about our tongues, we're really talking about what we say, right? We're talking about the words that come out of our mouths. And if you never made a mistake with what you said, God's word says that you would be perfect. And able to bridle your whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses', horses mouths so that they may obey us. And we turn the whole body. Who's ridden a horse? Does it kind of surprise you that that little, little piece of metal that just goes right here Gives you control of that horse. Some horses don't even need bits. You can control them with your legs. They're pretty well trained then. Do you train them to do that, Ty? Yeah? Yep. Okay. Look also at ships. Though they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Do you know what a rudder is? Have you seen one, Mitchell? Yeah? Little thing on the back? 
It's not very big compared to the size of the ship, is it? No, but it can control that whole big ship, even in big winds. Some of you have seen something like this before, right? I have. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Have you ever had that happen to you? You say something, you didn't really mean it, or maybe you regretted it later, but it's just one little thing, right? And then all of a sudden, it's this huge forest fire causing all sorts of trouble. And the tongue is a fire, a word of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell itself. I didn't quite get that right, but you got the gist of it. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. It's pretty powerful. can do a lot of damage, right? Yeah. Okay, so words have a huge amount of power. We got that from that verse. God's words have a huge amount of power, and people's words have a huge amount of power. Here's some examples of the power of God's words. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So all of God's words have power, and he he will make sure that they come to pass, right? That's how powerful God's words are, that they will always come true. Okay, here's another example of God's words and how powerful they are. When we talk about the, the story of creation in Genesis chapter 1, I just, I just highlighted every time that it says, and God said, then God said. Kids, tell me, how did God create? What did he do? Yes, but how did he do it? There's a hint on the, on, up on the board. Then he said, God said, over and over it says, God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. He said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and divide the waters. And what happened? The waters divided, right? He said, um, let there be land. And there was land. God's words are so powerful that he used them for creation. There's the rest of that. Whoop, there we go. All the way through. That's how he created was he used his words. And did you know that Jesus is called the Word? Uh, I need a volunteer. Somebody who's willing to read for me. I'm doing a lot of reading. Somebody else can help me out here. Come on up. John 1, 1 through 4. Let's find it. Can you get that microphone right there? John 1. Here we go. Can you see it? Just that little part right there. Is your microphone turned on? Now you got it. Mm-hmm. Internal word. In the beginning. In the beginning eh, was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All the things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Awesome. Thank you, Quaid. Good job. So Jesus is the word, right? He's so, that's, that's how powerful that is, is Jesus is called the word, and everything was made through him. Okay, who wants to be my next volunteer? It's a short one, just one verse. Okay. You always take a chance to talk on the microphone, don't you? Uh, yeah. Yep. I think it when I get it. <laughs> Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, It is written, A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that processes from the mouth of God. Thank you. Hey, what what color were the letters in that? What does that mean? Who knows? What does it mean if the, if the words are read in the, in the Bible? It means Jesus said it, yep. So Jesus said, God's words are even more important than food for us for our life, right? Okay, what about man's words? This is a little bit, a few, about four verses. Who's, who's my next reader? No. <laughs> All right. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Here we go. What's the number up there? Okay. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to you to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you would be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. And when he came out, I'm sorry, I should have said 22. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he, that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. Awesome. Thank you. So Zechariah's words were so powerful that God shut his mouth so he couldn't speak anything of doubt, right? What was, what was, the, what was the angel telling him about? Does anybody know? Nobody knows? He was telling him someone was going to be born. A baby. A baby, yes. Good guess. John. And he became John the... Oh, come on. John the Baptist. Very good. He's pretty, pretty important in the whole story of Jesus, right? Yeah? And so God closed his mouth so he could not speak words of doubt. Why? Why do you think he, God didn't want him to speak words of doubt? 
because words are powerful, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's one that's a good one. Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. A king's words have power, right? Do you know who kings are? You. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So that applies to us. Our words have that kind of power and authority. Okay. This verse I think is pretty cool. But it's a charge to us. It's important. It's a message that we need to pay attention to. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now, God was saying this to the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt, right? But this applies to us, too. We have the power of life and death in our tongue. Remember, we talked about that, that very first verse in James. That we have, our, our tongues have that kind of power. Okay. Who's up for a little game of red light, green light? Come on up here. Awesome. Who else? You'll play, won't you? Anybody else want to play red light, green light? Oh, I thought Josie was going to play. <laughs> No? Are you sure? Okay. Somebody explain how red light, green light works. Oh, go ahead. Oh, maybe I misunderstood the rules. <laughs> so when I was a kid and we played red light, green light, you were like back that away somewhere. And when someone said green light, you ran towards the person that was at the front, right? And when they said red light, you had to stop? Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Okay. I want to change it just a little bit, though. I'm going to stick a yellow light in there, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the reason I want to put it in there. So God's word gives us instructions, right? Sometimes God's word tells us things we should do. Sometimes God's word tells us things we should not do. Which one do you think is the green light? You can just yell it out. It's okay. The things you should do. Which one do you think is the red light? The things you should not do. Sometimes God's word tells us things that we it kind of gives us both, like, there's this, but there's this. So that's the yellow light. So let's do an example, because I've got a whole list of them here for you. Okay. Okay. An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisper separates the best of friends. What do you think that is? What? A red light, yes. How about pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. That's a green light. 
How about a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. That's a yellow light. So, um, Mitchell, you're right back there. Would you be the starting line kind of back that direction? Okay, go to the starting line, guys. Okay, now, before you move, we got to decide what color our light is, right? And then if it's a green light, I will say green light, and you can go until I say red light. What if it's a yellow light? You can take one step. Okay. Oh, we had a joiner. Nice. Huh? One step. Negotiation. I like it. Okay. I'm fine with that. A jump step is fine. I'm going to back up a little bit then, though. <laughs> okay, here comes our first one. These are all of these are proverbs, by the way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What do you think that one is? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who eat it, who love it, will eat its fruit. Good one. Okay. Okay. It does. It does sound pretty red. I mean, it's. I get where you were saying actually, because it was death and life, right? Okay. Oh yeah. Let's try this one. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Okay. Whoa. Green light. Red light. We're not going to get through very many verses, are we? (laughs) Okay. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains is wise. What do you think that is? Yellow light. One step. (laughs) Okay. The word of a man's mouth, words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The, uh, the wellspring of wisdom is and a flowing brook. Green. Ready? Green light. Red light. Ah! <laughs> All right. Let's see. Which one do I like next? <laughs> Okay, here's one. Reckless words pierce like a sword. Red light. Red light. Sorry, Justin. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Red. That's a red light. All right. All right. Here we go. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. My strength and my redeemer. Green light. I don't know who got me. Yep. All right. Good job, guys. Thank you.
Okay, so we're talking about speaking life, right? We heard all those verses about our tongues and the power of our words. So when we speak, we need to speak life, right? Okay, here's a few for you. You might recognize one or two of these. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That was, What color light was that one? Yep. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness breaks the spirit. Yep. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Yeah, very good. Okay. So this guy, uh, this Brady Boyd, wrote a book about speaking life, and he's got some pretty good stuff to say in there. One thing he said was, every time I open my mouth to speak, I'm revealing how I've been doing in three other conversations. One, what I'm saying to myself. Two, how well I'm refuting the lies of the enemy. Refuting is a big word. Who knows what it means? Ty, what's it mean? I thought you raised your hand, Dalton. No? Anybody know what refuting means? It means like arguing against. Proving it wrong, right? Okay. So how well I'm refuting the lies of the enemy and how well I'm walking with God. So let's start out with the way that we talk to ourselves. If it isn't in God's mind about you, it shouldn't be in yours either. What do you think that means? Sometimes we tell ourselves lies, right? Sometimes we think about things that are not what God thinks of us, and we fool our brains, and we mess ourselves up because we thought about things that God didn't say were true. So the words that we talk in our head to ourselves are pretty important. Okay. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So we need to have the things that God says about us in our heads all the time. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word tells us the truth about us, ourselves, right? And be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, to God, made known to God. So if there's something that you're concerned about, we have God that we can talk to and will help us. We don't have to try to figure it out for ourselves, and we don't have to just keep running around in our brains and have the opportunity for for bad information in our brains, right? Okay. Number two, how well I'm refuting the lies of the enemy. You remember what refuting means? You forgot already? (laughs) Well, if they're lies, then what do we need to do? Not believe them, right? Do you know that, who's, first of all, who's the enemy? Yeah. Do you know that he loves to tell you lies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Nope. Okay. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's not out for your best, is he? Nope. Who said yes? You were agreeing with me? Good. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. So that one is talking about there is a um, spiritual truth that the devil is going to try to cause you harm, right? But we don't have to fight physically against him. We can use every truth that, uh, that God gives us to tear down those arguments. We have to know God's word to be able to do that, right? To be able to refute those arguments. When we know, when we know God's word, then we can argue against those things. Okay. The thief does not come except to kill, steal, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. When we know God's words and the power of them, we can um, resist that and deal with the, the devil because he wants to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. He's got nothing good planned for us. Okay, and redeem the time because the days are evil. All right, and it also reveals how closely we're walking with God, the, the words that come out of our mouths. Okay, so then, my beloved... Brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart, and his religion is useless. It's very, very important that we keep control of our tongues. That is an evidence of how close we are walking with God, right? Reckless words pierce like a sword. And let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. How do we know the words we should say and how we should answer? Can we do it on our own? We've got to have God's word inside of us, right? How do we get God's word inside of us? Do you eat your Bible? No? How do you get it in there? You read it, and you think about it, right? And you let God speak to you through his words. Okay, very good. Okay, now let's remind ourselves, because do we believe now that our words are powerful? Okay. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. And compare that verse to let your speech always be seasoned with grace and salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Is that... Does that seem to go together? I didn't think it really did, actually. But they're both true, right? They're both God's word. But I think the key is that in that first, that first line, but no man. When we say man, are we talking about the men in the room? We're talking about all of us. We're talking about mankind, people, right? But no man can tame the tongue. Who can tame our tongue? It says no man can do it. Oh, you got a helper behind you? <laughs> no. That's right. God is the only one that can tame our tongue. We can't do it on our own. But once we let God have control of our tongue, then our speech is as it should be. Grace. Yeah. Pleasant. And uplifting and life, right? Okay. Here's some other verses that go along with that. Be anxious for nothing, 
But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things, these things. We get overwhelmed in our world by a lot of things that don't match those words, right? But what do our brains need to be paying attention to? Yeah, the things that are true and pure and noble and lovely. Sometimes that means that we need to pay attention to what we're paying attention to, right? Sometimes we need to change what we're paying attention to so that we're paying attention to the things that are good for us. And do not be conformed to this world. There's another big word. What's conformed? You sat in the right spot, didn't you, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. Don't become like this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the last one, he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. That sounds kind of like a promise, really, doesn't it? If you refrain from speaking evil, what does it say that you'll, you'll receive? Life and good days, right? Okay. And then for the web, we read this one before, but it's an important one, I think. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Bringing every thought into captivity. Go ahead. He does know every thought, doesn't he? And we need to examine our thoughts, and if they're not true or pure, yeah, then we, we, need to just, we need to recognize that they're not the things we should be thinking and make them obedient to Christ. How do we do that? By knowing the truth? Right? Yep, and sometimes we have to actually say, that thought's not true, and I'm not going to listen to it. And then we tell ourselves the truth, right? Okay. Okay. I thought this one was kind of cool, too. When you press into the presence of your Heavenly Father, you'll speak with pertinence. That's another big word. Passion and power. What you say will matter. What you say will stick, and what you say will call upon others to live well. That's where we want to be. We want our words to have that kind of impact on people. We can ask for help from God 
to help our, to make our words speak life. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And do you know that you can ask God to give you wisdom? You can ask God to give you revelation. Revelation means that you have understanding and that you, that you see new things when you look into his word, right? You can ask God for those things and he will give them to you. And know that his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through him, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So his power in us and trusting in his power can help us to use the words that speak life. And remember, you probably noticed there's been a lot of God's word in this thing today. Did you notice there are a lot of verses? Do you know why? Because sometimes when I talk, I mess it up. But I can trust that God's words are going to be good and going to be effective, right? When you speak life using the word of the Lord, you're not speaking from your own authority. You're speaking directly from the authority of God. His word travels through you into the world, and you are merely the messenger. He's the author. That's how we have powerful words. And that's how we have words that impact other people. Okay, would you play that video for me, Irene? This is a song I've I've, uh, liked for a long time but it really applies to this. And there's a little video that goes with it that kind of illustrates. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life. Joe will 
Pretty good illustration of kind of what we're getting at today, right? I got one more verse to share with you. Before we do that, though, I'm just going to ask you just for a minute to close your eyes and just let God speak to you about the words you use and the people you talk to. And maybe He can tell you or He'll show you. I believe he'll show you a face or a person that maybe you could speak some life into. Just give him a minute to talk to you about it. Did you see a face? Get a name? Someone that you could speak some life to? Yeah? I need one more reader, please. Okay. We're going to look at Ephesians 6. And we're going to do verses 1 through 4. So it starts here, and then we're going to turn the page. Children, about obey, obey your parents. parents in the Lord, uh, for this is right. Right. Honor your father father and mother, which which is the first first commandment commandment with promise. promise. That it may be well, mm-hmm. well, well, 
Mm. Okay, pause there for a minute. Did you catch that? Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise? That it may go well with you, and you may live long on the earth. That's a good promise, right? When we're talking about speak life, what do you think I'm saying to you? When I'm saying honor your father and mother. You get it? Okay, it goes on though. Don't think that your parents are out of, out of the woods here. And you fathers fathers do not provoke pro, provoke your children children to wrath wrath but bring bring them the, the but bring bring them up in the training training and admonition admonition of the Lord. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Parents, I just want to encourage you when you're speaking to your kids, speak life. When you're speaking about your kids, speak life. It's powerful. I know we all have times when we're angry or upset. But what you speak to your kids is so important. So please remember, speak life. Um, I want to give an opportunity for anybody. I don't think we did that this morning. Kids, would you be willing to pray for people if they have something they'd like to pray about? Would you be willing to come up and help me do that? Oh, I know you can do this. No? What are you scared of? It's confusing. confusing. (laughs) All right. Well, come up with me. You can come help me at least. Okay. Okay. Who else? Come on. Come on, Grady. Awesome. Thanks, Quaid. All right. All right, so let's just say a quick prayer together. And then if someone has something, they can come up, right? Okay. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction that you give us, that you give us red lights and green lights and yellow lights to guide us and to help us, and that we can ask for wisdom and revelation from you, that you will give us power to be able to fulfill your word. Lord, we ask that you would... Help us to speak life. Help us to tame our tongues. Help us to be ambassadors for you that will share your words and be life-giving in our, in our worlds. In Jesus' name, amen. We're here. If you'd like to come up, you're very welcome. And we'll work together, right? Okay. You want to just play that song again, Irene? Yeah. Yeah, you can just turn that on. 
I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you. If you if you uh, if you would like to come up, we'll be here.